sounded. Hi, everybody. We're so good at technology. We are Rosa and Shannon. We are the brown girls at the book party. We're the grandmas at the book party. Heard, dude. Heard. We are the... We just spent... It's 9.17. We were supposed to start recording at 9. We spent probably 15 minutes figuring out how to do the thing that we have done many, many, many times before. It's true. Oh no, wait, am I supposed to click something to record the Zoom or it just does it, right? Um, remember when we said we are the grannies at the book party? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know anything, guys. Brown girl book party. We do know that we're here, and it's been a long time since we recorded an episode, and we don't even really have the content for you that we promised. So, starting off, we're starting off on a great foot. Um, yeah, we're, we are doing incredible. So We're doing incredible. We're both um, um, very busy, so that's part of what we wanted to talk to you about today, is um, that we have not, I mean... First of all, I would like to pat us on the back because we've brought you a lot of awesome content that we've really, really enjoyed creating that we hope so much that you have enjoyed listening to. And we know um, some of you have expressed to us that you've been following along on this journey since the beginning um, on schedule, reading books, probably uh, <laughs> more on time than either enough, either of us have been. Yeah, no, for real though. And that others have um, really liked the format because they're able to sort of pick up and read a book whenever they want to and then um, listen to the podcast. And that was really our vision for it. And we intend to continue making content like that for you in 2024, because for right now, (laughs) because for right now, life might be crazy. It's so crazy. I think that Shannon and I spent two weeks texting each other, trying to figure out when we would be able to meet. And literally, there were no times. There were no times. times. I mean, right now, um, Shannon has carved out time she doesn't have. Uh And I have to literally be driving away in my car in um, 21 minutes from this exact moment. So, you know, we are, um, committed to this and I think it's a really good thing that we like each other and we like the book so much because if this was a podcast, we didn't like making, we'd say, um, boy, howdy. (laughs) Yeah. It would never happen. We're also, this is like such a good example of brown women juggling so much in life and like juggling pat like passion obviously and commitments and shit we don't want to do and like all of the things and we just like we just don't have all the time we want to have and I think it I think it is like a it is specific to humanity it is even more specific to women I think it is even more specific to BIPOC women to be jugglers and like I think also it's just like in the spirit of transparency and um and like saying fuck you to the grind culture right we want this to be something that is enjoyable still 
um, and not yeah. something that we're like, fuck, we have to get this book thing done, you know? And so we just need to take a, take a beat. Yes, we sure do. Um, I am in school full time. My dumbass is working at two different restaurants right now. And my kids are in two different demanding sports. And um, I don't know if you know this about Shannon, but she's a fucking uh, badass career lady in the world of um, of doing too much. uh, In the world of doing too much. That's right. That's what it is. (laughs) She stays doing too much. She's the CEO of doing too much. And I'm the CEO of being overcaffeinated. Ooh, nice. CEO. That's a, isn't that a Lizzo thing? Which, ugh, Lizzo. Ooh. Oh, it's too soon. I can't tell. We're, we're going to have to wait until 2024 to talk about her as well, dude. I can't even touch it. Uh, honestly, no, no. her apology was worse than, or not even apology. That trash that an apology on yeah. the internet. Was gar- it, it was the, garbage. It was, it was, I hate to say this. I hate to say it, but it was worse than like a lot of the white men apologies or response posts that I've read. It was 100% so agreed. bad. I read it jaw dropped and it was just like, I can't like, I can't. And I went to Nate, uh, one of the white boys at the book party, my spouse and was like, what do I do with this Lizzo thing? And he was like, um, well, don't make idols of humans <laughs> and I was oh, like man I've been I, about what so was much. frustrating about that was that he was right um <laughs> but I think it's also yeah. hard and I know like th- I think this is a conversation we should have on the pod at some point about Lizzo um but what just is uh, like so fucking heartbreaking is that we as like fat women of color don't have a lot of people like right that are saying the things that Lizzo was saying and to hear that she that it could all just be an act. Um, but also beyond that, that she has actually committed and perpetrated harm on other fat black and brown women is, it is heartbreaking. It's, it's really fucking disappointing. I feel like this year for me has been, I keep talking about like how I'm now a nihilist. I'm not. I mean, the thing about me is that if you know me at all, you know that I just am like hopeful and optimistic in my nature. But this year has been um, a really formative and changing year where I find it very difficult to believe in the goodness in anyone. And that's kind of like always been my thing. (laughs) Um, So like, (laughs) I want to be like, welcome, welcome to being in your like mid to late thirties. But the truth that is, is what it been is. that person. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that there is a lot of truth to that. Like, the more life you live, the more disappointed you become. And I know that, like, saying that, like, it sounds super harsh. But I think that, like, the reality is that, like, we live in a world where there is so much struggle and suffering and so much abuse of power that, like, actually finding the glimmers and, like, maintaining any sort of um attitude that is like hopeful and joyful takes work and work is hard like it's just you know the labor that is involved in in maintaining like a sweet summer child attitude I think is more is more than we have to give a lot of times and you also have been faced with so much right like you have gone through a 
wild divorce and you have gotten married and you've experienced, you know, friendship stuff and like, and life stuff and family stuff. And like, you know, I think that it is just what, it is the natural consequence of living a life where you have to, you either make friends with grief, like you, you befriend that grief or you push it away and become jaded and resentful. But instead, like if you befriend it, you can move through, I think with, with, with some sort of semblance of who you were prior to all of those terrible experiences. Yes. I totally agree with that. And I think it, it has been just like a really, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the grief that I'm facing or that I really was over the summer that is sort of morphed into something a little more tangible that I can kind of dance with that I am um, happy for its existence now because it's a, yeah. a lesson and it's taught me so much in the summer just felt like pain and grief and, and it was horrid. And really at the, at the base of that actually is that my children are getting older. Like I don't have little babies anymore and I don't know if I will or won't have another little baby in the future, but it means something about my motherhood and it means something about, um, my own, um, interactions with my own mortality, which is something I think we've talked about on the pod before, Mm -hmm. in addition to like where Mm -hmm. my father is with his diagnosis and like where basically just like I'm in this place where I'm really realizing like (laughs) I'm going to die and it's not even that far away, man. I'm going to die. You're going to die. Everybody's going to die. It's really crazy. And there's so many, there's thousands of deaths even before we meet the final one, like the death of motherhood, the death of, of identity and of all of these things. So for me, this Lizzo thing happening in this year, the death of my idol, was so significant. It was like, oh, well, of course. Well, of course that's what happened. And of course that's who she is because everything that I've known and loved and all of of these core parts of my identity um, are falling apart. Yeah. And it's really fucking bizarre and crazy. 100%. I mean, I, that resonates with me so hard, uh... I think that we also like, I think forget or are um, like hesitant as a culture to name the actual um, like wounding that has happened as a result of what started in March of 2020, like the pandemic and, and what like the world has become like, um, and how we are just carrying this sort of like community grief and trauma that is really compounded because we live in a space where like the, the pandemic, the thing there was like, we were, we should have been cared for like by government, right? Like there should have been safety nets put in place, but there weren't. And we watched worldwide suffering. Right. But, but also specifically like people in the U S we watched um, local suffering at a wild magnitude and that is another thing that we just like add on top of so we haven't like I feel like moving forward every little every little and big thing that happens to us all of those deaths are so big like they're so big Mm -hmm. and they are overwhelming and life is just fucking heavy like and I know that sounds like so wild right like that sounds really really fucking shitty and heavy but but it's true 
it's true. The thing yeah. is, like, it is really heavy, and I think that you're right that the basis, like, the foundation of this shitty, haunted fucking house that we live in now is the pandemic, and it is the way that we could not turn away from how much our government does not give a fuck about us, and they only care about money, at, like, our country, especially women, especially BIPOC and queer folks, like, especially trans folks, our country does not care about us. And we saw yeah. that in a way that was unavoidable, that we couldn't look away from. And so it sort of changed everything, right? Because um, those sorts of white people didn't feel like they needed to pretend that they weren't racist anymore. And it sort of ushered us into this like new world that we live in, where mm-hmm. a lot of people, there's just a lot of, we're very jaded. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the response that we as a society had to probably discovering aliens, for example, literally (laughs) nobody fucking cares. Who cares? Who cares about that? I mean, you know, like the devastation on Maui and all of these natural disasters that keep occurring, everyone is just like waiting to die. (laughs) That's how it feels to me. And I also think that probably every generation, millennials and Gen Xers and Gen Z, the Zoomies, and I just learned my kids are called Gen Alpha. All 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 these different generations, I know, we're all dealing with it in a different way. We're all having our own crises because at the same time, we're just like having our normal things. The normal, the normalcy of like middle age, you know, just yeah. sort of coupled with like, oh, this is like a very um, bleak time for our country and for our world. And we're facing a lot of these mistakes that we continue to na- make in the name of capitalism and the, in the name of self-investment. Um, we have destroyed our planet and we've done all of these terrible things. And now is the time that we are having to face what the outcome of all of that is. And it's just a bleak, it's a bleak, bleak, bleak time. Aren't you glad you came to this Brown Girl Book Party episode today? I mean, but you know what? On the, and I am not a glass half full person, so that's not what this attempt is, but I, uh, or that's not what this comment is going to be. But I think like what we are trying to do here is, is help find like the glimmer in all of that because otherwise it is just like we live in a miserable state constant like like life gives us so much reason to be miserable but like here at the book party we are trying to find and highlight the poetry that is laced throughout the misery and we we find that in books and in in conversations about books. I mean, we've said here on the podcast, like our friendship was born out of a love of, of books and, um, and, and that affinity for sort of like the, the pause for turning the page. Um, and so we want to, we want to continue doing that. Like we want to do that through the, through the end of this year. Um, we still want to continue to, to read and share with you what we're reading and what's, you know, making our hearts, pound or flutter or you know making our eyes just leak all of the tears um but we just can't do it we can't do it in the same way that we have been and so we're gonna do it differently we just can't have any homework right now and you know the thing is also i think it really something that's really great about these books of the month that we pick every month it's really cool because it really gives us this um need to 
read actively and not passively, but it also removes the leisurely experience of reading, of picking up a book and reading it how you want to read it. And that's like chilling. Right. So, so this is what we've decided from now until December, we are still going to record an episode every month. Um, and it's just probably going to feel a lot like this episode feels right now. Yeah. Um, a lot less structured, a lot more about the books that we're reading and the things that we're loving and also just about life because those two things are absolutely intertwined anyways. And, um, so, you know, just really allowing us the space for you to get to know us in a little bit of a different way. I mean, that implies that we've ever been like demure, like, um, pretending, you know, like (laughs) just sticking to a script. Y'all know we're not those bitches. Yeah, we are so, very, we are squares and such squares, <laughs> super predictable, um, but we are excited to just have a more casual format and for you to yeah. join us and, and also for you to not have homework, just come, we'll have book recs um, and we'll have a lot of hot takes and um, just basically talking in conversation with a couple of, uh, of book lovers. I suspect that between now and December uh, you, our um, listeners, will receive book recommendations that include um, sitting at the edge of your seat because we are trying to find the killer, or smut, or litfic, yes. or I think yes. it, like y'all are really gonna get to know the shit that we read when we're not reading our assigned books, which brings us to the book that we are currently reading and we will record an episode about we posted yes. it on Soch, but for those of you who have been waiting for the episode to drop and don't really do the socials um we're reading the highly anticipated we were both super fucking excited for this book to drop pre-ordered it rosa actually pre-ordered it twice um she'd be doing that doing sometimes that, I have a a money spending problem. (laughs) That's for another podcast. (laughs) We'll talk about my husband. I love you. (laughs) Um, We're reading Family Lore by Elizabeth Acevedo. And I don't have a copy of that with me, but the cover is fucking gorge. It is. And you know what? I feel like it's really going to rectify. My hope is that it's going to rectify for us what. Oh God, where is it? The Collected Regrets of Clover did oh, not yeah. do. Yeah. Because it's yeah, in a really is... similar vein. It talks about grief and family um, and Yep. But the thing is we know um Elizabeth Acevedo to be an incredibly reliable author who we both yeah. love enormously. That's if you haven't read anything by her, not at all. I haven't read the Poet X yet. I know you have, Shannon. Yeah. And I know that you loved it. I Clap When You Land is one of my all-time favorite books ever. Um, You know, as an English major, I've been reading so much poetry in my classes. And when I was, like, between, like, 16 and 21, like, besides writing songs, all I wrote was poetry. Some of it I remember is so cringe, and I hope it never sees the light of day again. But <laughs> some of it was really um, true to who I was and also to who I still am. And um, she has such a beautiful, like, long-form, free-form way of writing these yeah. fictional novels in poetic format. 
Um, and that's really what Papua New Land is. It's a long, long ass poem with a beautiful narrative moving through it. And yeah. I honestly don't know that I can think of a better um, expression of love than that book. It is so gorgeous and it, it means so much to me. So I'm very, very excited to read Family War. And yeah, um, that will be the last book that we read with you for 2023. And we also owe you an episode for The Late Americans, which I know many of you read and you're waiting for our hot takes. And we, <laughs> um, we don't want you to feel like we're not going to give that to you. So our plan for September is to record two episodes. One will be The Late Americans and the other will be for Family Lore. Um, and then we're just going to fucking fuck around and find out after that, you guys. Lots of fucking around, though. Yes. Yeah. Maybe very little finding out. <laughs> I feel like I feel like what we'll be able to find out is whether or not we can carve out time to do this again. <laughs> yes, it's true. Yeah, it's really so, true. We're super looking forward to continuing this, though, and... Um, you know, it's a project, it is a passion project that we're both super committed to, and we're grateful for the support, and we can't wait to read together again in 2024, but until then, like, you know, we, we're bitches that be reading no matter what. It's true. So. And we hope, um, we hope to see you, you know, around, we'll talk soon. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, yeah, we will. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye.